and children, Cooper, Aniston, Jack, and Caroline, and they are going to sing I'll Fly Away for you. And just for your information, on the next DVD by the Gaithers, that will be on it, okay? All right, the CD and the DVD. Thank you guys so much. Let's give them one more round of applause. Sometimes it takes a lot of courage for adults to stand before others and sing, but I know it took a lot of courage this morning for you guys. Thank you all so much. What a blessing that is. Let's stand and shake hands now and welcome everybody to the church. Next. 
Look, again, thank you for being here today. Thank you for your faithfulness to come together as a body of believers, whether you're a member of our church or not. Thank you for coming to worship the Lord today. We're glad to have you. Uh, Try not to single individuals out because I don't want there to be jealousy or anything like that. But uh, Marie Weaver, we are glad to have you back at church. God bless you. Um, I don't know if the if it's still out there, but Marie was the uh, lady that you first saw when you came into Roxboro. Uh, you remember the sign, the billboard sign for Person Memorial Hospital. They couldn't have picked a better model than you to be out there. Um, and speaking of models, uh, one of our deacons, uh, <laughs> Tracy Long, is going to come and lead us in our, our opening prayer. Come on up here. As he comes the other day, uh, Susan, I'm not supposed to divulge counseling session but she said you know she said tracy is just i don't know he's just a loafer he doesn't want to do anything after he gets off work and she said matter of fact the other day he was he came home and he got in the hammock out up under the under the trees and she went out there and she said you're just a loafer you just loaf 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 and he looked at her and said you ought to be thankful that's better than me doing nothing isn't it <laughs> yeah that- thank you that's after I prepared her dinner. <clears throat> Good morning. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, what a blessing you have given us this morning. Father, as we come and we've already been blessed in song. Father, it just goes to show the Risa Baptist Church, the parents and the grandparents of these four children. Father, that we know that you are here and you are present in our hearts. Father, this week as we talk about Valentine's, and dear Lord, it goes back to We love you because you loved us first. What a special week we have. Father, we thank you for every individual that is here today. Dear Lord, we lift up to you those individuals that could not be with us. Father, as the sun is out this morning and we have warm temperatures, we see the flowers as they begin to to bud. We know, dear Lord, that there is new life. Father, we know that if you can take a bud, plant it in the ground to be a beautiful flower, what you can do with inside of us if we just open up our hearts and let you in. Dear Lord, we're here today to praise and worship you. Father, let us come in with open hearts, open minds, and receive everything that you have for us today. In the Lord's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. And thank you for reminding us men that this is Valentine's week. (laughs) Look. Look, quickly, I want to just remind you of some things going on. Well, first of all, we've received a thank you card from Debbie Sue Clayton, and that is posted on the bulletin board. Debbie Sue had a heart catheterization this week, and it turned out real good. So for that, that is another praise that we have. Uh, Today, from 11 o'clock until 1, is a youth fundraiser, the second annual Cupid's Chili Cook-Off. And if you'd like to bring your wife down and, and, and buy her lunch, not buy her, but give a donation as a fundraiser, you're welcome to do that. We will have the evening worship, the youth, and also the Awanas. Uh, I remind you during the week there are three different uh, exercise classes that are free. There are two different Bible studies. They also are free. We have Wednesday night services, and I hope you'll be a part of that. Uh, let me remind the Baptist women they'll be having practice for Joy Sunday at 6 o'clock Wednesday night. And also, this coming Saturday, the GA's uh, Children's Ministry Day celebration will be at the home of Susan Carver beginning at 9 o'clock. Please just remind uh, the, GAs, uh, the GA's of that. 
in several notes on the back, uh, Thursday night, February the 23rd, we will have a meeting of those interested in being in the Easter drama. They'll meet. That's, again, Thursday, February the 23rd in the sanctuary at 7 o'clock. The Baptist Women's Joy Sunday will be on the 26th at both the 8.30 and the 11 o'clock service. That's two weeks from today. And please be in prayer for our spring revival. Uh, That will be Sunday, March the 26th through Thursday night, March the 30th. And Reverend Timbo's, the uh, leader of uh, My Life Matters, will be here to lead in those services. Um, If you haven't yet filled out one of the pastor search congregational surveys, Please do that. They're down at the front and in the back. And many of you have asked, where do you put those surveys when you complete them? We've got a box up here. And if you've got yours uh, completed, if you'll bring it and put it in the box, it would be greatly appreciated. As has been the case now for a number of, of months, there are many, many folks on our prayer list. And let me, uh, let me just get you to add a couple of more names uh, Christy Hawkins' father, Ernest Askew, is in Wake Med. He was in a wreck on Thursday, and please lift him up in prayer. He's scheduled to have surgery tomorrow. Uh, Also, many of you know that Ricky Dixon had been at uh, kind of a rehab center down in Wilmington. Um, He had a fall yesterday and had to be admitted in the New Hanover Hospital in Wilmington, North Carolina, so we ask that you lift Ricky and Denise up in prayer also. Wayne Solomon, that we've had listed at Treyburn, had to be admitted into Duke uh, last night, so please remember remember Wayne. Also at Duke, Ronald Anderson, Larry Honeycutt. Uh, Joyce Wren will be having uh, chemotherapy this week, Monday through Friday, so please lift her up in prayer. Wanda Robertson, they had to reschedule the radiation treatment from this past Friday to hopefully this Wednesday. So please continue to remember her. Desiree Jones will have uh, surgery on Friday at, uh, at Duke. Also remember at Roxburgh Healthcare and Rehab, Benny Clayton, Annalee Holt, Jean Clayton at Person Memorial, Mary Riley, that is John and Joe Riley's mother, and Dorothy Taylor, who is Judy Shepard's mother. And please remember Joe Lee at, and, and Salisbury, as well as, um, as well as Gilda at home. Others we would like for you to remember at home, Helen and Weldon Bowes, Lisa and Timmy Brooks, Doug and Linda Carver, Billy Brooks, Cindy Blanks, Tracy Chambers, Elma Clayton, Ibby Clayton, Liz Cole, Renee Gentry, Susan Gentry, Reverend Brian Hager, Bud Hall, Ellis Lee, Geraldine Solomon, Brenda Stegall, Dawson Schull. Dawson is the um, young son of Ashley and Jessica Schull. He had surgery this past week at Chapel Hill. Is back at home. Please remember at home uh, Barbara Winstead, Taxi Wren, Charles Westbrook, Donna Wilburn, Rick Wilbert, Matthew Thornburg, Donald Wilson, and Pam Wren. Please also remember down in the Wilmington area, Nanny Hatcher. Uh, Nanny has had a very difficult week and has been very sick, so please lift her and her family up. And also, Brian Perrier's grandmother, who is down in the Shalote area, uh, has uh, been 
her care has been taken over by hospice. Uh, Kim Tuck, who lives in Greensboro, had surgery this past week. And please remember the two families that had babies last week, the Jessica Yarborough and Son family and Kayla Jones and her daughter. As I've been reminding myself, as well as each of us, it is a privilege to pray for others. So let us lift up the burdens of others. Okay. 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 And that is Betty Yarborough. Okay. Okay. Okay, so Ibby Clayton is at Duke Regional and was ad- was admitted yesterday. Okay. Let us pray together. Father, even though our list continues to grow, Help us, Father, to realize that prayer is one of the greatest ministries that we can, we can give to others. And, Lord, we lift all of these up and others, Father, that are on our hearts and minds, even ourselves, Father. We're not immune from, from burdens that we carry around with us in our hearts and minds. And, God, I just pray that whatever the needs are, not only the ones that we've mentioned on the list, but, God, the ones that we've mentioned verbally and the ones that are in our hearts and minds. God, please, we lift all of these folks up to you, and we just pray that you'll bless. God, we thank you for your faithfulness, and God, there are just so many that need need your support and love during the days ahead, and even this coming week, Father. Please bless and meet every need. And God, help us all to see that we're in need of you, Father, that day by day we couldn't make it without your presence and without your love. And we couldn't even come together and worship, Lord, without, without you being here. So we just thank you and praise you for your faithfulness. And God, help us to be faithful unto you. As we pray together, we remember again the prayer that your son taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And our verse of the month is John fourteen 3. Let's say this together. And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. At this time, I'm going to ask our younger children to come down to the front. And as they come, uh, who would have ever imagined it would be this warm today after several days and nights of being y'all can go ahead i'm gonna i'll be right there okay i love that shirt that dress with the hearts on it um um but the the air is set on 72 okay so uh thank cool thoughts until the air comes on okay now i know that some of us have grown cold natured over the years including myself so when the air comes on be considerate that if you're cool somebody else is hot okay so we're going to we're going to try and keep everybody comfortable, not happy, comfortable. 
and everybody. Do y'all remember what I talked about last week? Remember? That Jesus is coming back. And one of the last things I want you to do is be afraid when we talk about Jesus coming, coming back. When is he coming back? We don't know. But God has a plan that on a certain hour and day and time, it might be in the morning, it might be at night. Do you remember last week I told you the story about uh, Andy uh, Long, and I'll tell that again if you don't mind. Andy, uh, Andy's Sunday school lesson had been on the return of Jesus. And so one night he asked his granddaddy, or his daddy, you know, his granddaddy, uh, what if I'm asleep when Jesus comes back? And look, Jesus is going to know when he comes back where we at, what we're doing, and if he needs to wake us up, he will. But Andy's granddaddy said, well, if you're asleep, I'll wake you up, okay? But here's what I want you to understand. I'm going to be talking about Jesus coming again for a number of Sundays, okay? And I don't want this to scare you in any way because Jesus loves you and he loves me and he loves everybody in this church. And if we believe in him, we don't have to be afraid because he's coming back. And you know where he's going to carry us? He's going to carry us to heaven. What's heaven going to be like? Well, I really, I really can't tell you all the details. In Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible in chapter 21, John is told about heaven. And let me just read this little story. I've showed you this book before. It's your early reader Bible story. Let me, just, let me just read you this story, okay? One of the biggest promises God ever made that we will live with him in heaven forever. He said that there would be a new heaven and a new earth, and we would get a new body, one that won't grow old but will live forever. That's all right. You guys stay okay. Hold on just a second. My assistant here. Do y'all remember when I had hair? <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I don't remember either. <laughs> but y'all know what? I did have hair one time. You see that? Can y'all y'all know who I which one's me in there? I'm pretty. <laughs> so look, you remember now will I have hair in heaven? I don't know. It won't be important. But heaven's going to be a beautiful place, and God's going to give us a new body, not one that will age, but one that we can live in heaven with, okay? It will be a perfect body just like everything else. So let me read the rest of this, okay? In the new heaven, no one will ever be sad again. No one will ever die again. The streets will be made of gold, and there will be gates of pearl. Everything will be more beautiful than anything you imagine. And best of all, best of all, Jesus will be there and we will be with Jesus forever and ever. So as we talk about Jesus coming again, he's going to come and get us to take us to heaven. And it's going to be uh, a wonderful place that we live with him forever and ever. Now, the Bible teaches this. And we believe the Bible is God's word. And that whatever God's word says, it is true and it is kind. Okay? So I am so grateful that none of us need to be afraid. Okay? Let's say a prayer. Okay? Let's pray together. Jesus.
Let's stand and sing hymn number 288, One Day. One day he's coming, O oh, glorious Amen. day. Brian, would you lead us please in this prayer? Amen.
as Tracy reminded us this morning, uh, Valentine's Day is Tuesday. Don't forget. Um, and it's a time when we show love uh, to our loved ones. But Herbert just finished up the series of sermons out of 2 Corinthians 16 and ended with verse 14. Let all that you do be done in love. Um, so if you would, take a moment in your mind, think of someone past or present who has been an example of that in your life. Let all that you do be done in love. Uh, my example would be my mother-in-law, Elma Clayton. From the time I met her 40 years ago, right back there at the old water fountain, uh, she has been a total example of love in my life. Um, through the love of her husband, she loved with an unconditional love that I have never seen in anybody else's life. She's loved her four children and believed in them. She's loved all of us as her children in love, as she calls them, and we're a rowdy bunch. Am I the only one? Oh, that's Briggs. He's here. <laughs> um, that's just a joke. Um, she's loved um, and believed in seven grandchildren, and as they've brought their spouses in, she's loved each one equally, and now 13 great-grandchildren. And that's just the tip of it because she has loved so many of you. She has loved those he, she's ministered to and worked with. And so when I heard this song several months ago, um, it really exemplifies who she is. And so that person that you got in your mind this morning, see if you recognize them in this song. Someone wants us If only you knew How short life would be What would you do? What would you say When God called you home? What would they engrave Once you were gone? I hope they would see all I've done in my life, who I've cared for, and how I survived. I hope they'd say she She's 
that song too what a beautiful song turn with me in your bible to john 14 and all i can do is continue to encourage you to bring the word of god with you i'm not trying to sound sarcastic you know god wants us to know him not only in salvation but to know him we can't know everything about him we can't know everything about he is doing and is going to do But folks, there's so much in the Word of God that we can study and learn from. And I realize over the years that I've not spent enough time in in talking with you about the return of the Lord. And my days are winding down. And when I stand before the Lord, I hope I'm not going to hear him say, Herbert, why didn't you tell them these things? And So I have a real burden to talk with you about the coming again of Christ. I don't know how long, how many Sundays this will take. Please bear with me. Um, This is the word of God that we're talking about. And there's no shortcuts in it. And again, I don't want to sound like I'm being sarcastic this morning. Uh, Sometimes I know for you guys, 25 to 30 minutes goes by real slow. But for me, it goes by real fast. And uh, unless you want me to preach our sermons, uh, it's going to take a while, okay? <laughs> I, I didn't hear a groan when I said that. Are y'all awake today? All right. I just want to make sure y'all are here. But, folks, we're doing the preliminary stuff right now about setting the stage for understanding what the Bible says about the second coming of Christ. Uh, when we get to that, and I'll explain it to you a little bit better, there are at least seven things that I want to I share with you from the Word of God about the return of Christ. Seven things that are going to be happening. And uh, again, I'm going to put that off until we get finished with these introductory messages, okay? But let me again read uh, John 14, verses 1 through 3. Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. That's a powerful statement right there. 
Jesus is saying, your heart doesn't need to be troubled because if you believe in God, you believe in me also because Jesus is God. You can't kill God. They put him on a cross and crucified him to death as a man, but they did not kill God. And he came back to life again on the third day because he is God. And he's coming back again because he is God. And because his father had said this will happen. I'm sorry, y'all. There's so much in these passages of Scripture in the words of Jesus. Verse 2, in my father's house are many mansions or rooms or dwelling places, depending upon the translation that you have. In my father's house. What a beautiful thought. And then Jesus says in the latter part of verse 2, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Jesus is saying here, I'm not going to lie to you. And then Jesus said in verse 3, when I go and prepare a place for you. And folks, these aren't my words. These are the words of God's Son, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus said, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Let us pray. Fathers, we search the word of God about the coming again of your son. God, I pray that you would not only fill us with your spirit to, in, to interpret the words of scripture, but I pray, Father, that you'll speak to every heart, both young and old, And as we begin this study, Father, may it humble us to know that you love us so much that you not only sent your son, but you're going to send him back for us. And God, I pray that we would not be fearful unless we're lost. God, I pray that if there's someone here that's not yet trusted Christ as their Savior, and their heart and life is not ready for the return of your son, Father, I pray that you would strike fear in their heart that would not lead them to despair, but that would lead them to salvation in your Son. God, I thank you that it is not your will that any should perish. I thank you, Father, that you've got a place prepared for us in heaven. It's not made by human hands, and it's eternal. And thank you, Lord, that throughout eternity we can know how much you love us. But, Father, help us in the weeks ahead not to grow tired of digging into the Word of God and hearing what the Word of God says to us about the return of your Son. Even though we don't know when it's going to happen, thank you that the Word of God clues us in to what will happen when your Son comes back. And, God, I just pray that the Word of God might be lifted up in truth and in love and that you would be honored in all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me first of all say, why is the second coming of Christ so important to believers? I hope you're going to notice, not only today, but in the coming weeks, the second coming of Christ has so gladdened the hearts and strengthened the hearts of Christians before us. And many of the hymns in our hymn book have been inspired by the return of Christ. 
And if you're going to look at all of the doctrines of the Bible, you cannot leave out the doctrine of last things. And even in a little small pamphlet called The Baptist Faith and Message, as the writers, and this was uh, put together back in the year 2000, uh, when the Baptist Con- Southern Baptist Convention met and they had had Bible scholars and, and many of the most powerful preachers to say, please write a little leaflet so that not only will members of our church understand what we believe the Bible preaches and teaches to us, but, but so that the world can understand what we stand for. And folks, let me just read you one paragraph under last things. God in his own time and in his own way will bring the world to its appropriate end. According to his promise, Jesus Christ will return personally and visibly in glory to the earth. The dead will be raised and Christ will judge all men in righteousness. The unrighteousness will be consigned to hell, the place of everlasting punishment. The righteous and their resurrected and glorified bodies will receive their reward and will dwell forever in heaven with the Lord. And folks, I want to remind you again, I am not up here trying to scare anybody or or in any way intimidate you. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. And the word of God promises, you remember, and I'm just going to scantily talk about last week. You remember in Philippians chapter 2 verse 10 and 11, the Bible teaches us that one day everyone will stand before not only the Father, but before the Son. Listen to this, that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Everyone of every generation will stand before God the Father and God the Son. And we're going to talk about that. All of this we're going to just continue to talk about. But folks, here is the point that I tried to make last week. Our eternal destiny is determined by us. If we acknowledge our sin, if we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came to earth to die for us and secure our eternal salvation, we do not have to fear his return. But if you and I choose to deny our sinfulness and to deny that Jesus is God's son who has opened the door to salvation through Jesus's love and grace and shed blood. And if we live and die depending upon our good works and our disbelief in the eternal heaven or hell, then we're going to be very sad when we meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's going to say, depart from me, for I knew you not. And again, that's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. But folks, before I go any farther, let me point something out. I know this, and you know this. And perhaps you feel this way right now. Many will not believe. Many will make fun of those of us who believe that Jesus Christ is coming back. And folks, this is not anything new simply to our generation because even as far back as that first century, there were those that made fun of the Christians and did not believe that Jesus was coming back. 
Now let me read a passage of scripture to you from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. And I'm going to read this out of the Living Bible. And again, I want to encourage you, even if you don't bring your Bible, write down on your bulletin these passages of scripture, okay? And I want to read this out of the Living Bible, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 and following. Peter says, this is now the second letter that I've written to you, beloved. In both of them, I've aroused your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Now, hold on just a second, D, if you don't mind. I'm sorry. Look at verse 2. To, rem- to remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord. I'm going to mention this again one other time. But in the Old Testament, there's not only the promise of a Savior in many places, but there's a promise of the day of the Lord. When God's holiness will demand that he judge sin. And so Peter here is saying, not only has the coming of the Lord, the day of the Lord, been something that Jesus talked about, and even the apostles were instructed to talk about, but it has been predicted by the holy prophets in the Old Testament. So, folks, this is not a new doctrine simply to the New Testament, the coming again of Jesus, the day of the Lord, but it's a, it is something that develops throughout the entire Word of God. Listen to verse 3. First of all, I must... You must understand this, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own passions and saying, look at verse 4, where is the promise of his coming? Now, folks, think about that for just a second. Where's the promise of his coming? And I'd never noticed it until yesterday morning. I was reading this passage again. These scoffers don't deny the first coming of Jesus, but they deny his promise of his coming again. Historically, historians do not discount that there was a man named Jesus who came from Nazareth. You and I as Christians believe the New Testament records and the records of the early church fathers that this man, Jesus of Nazareth, was none other than the very Son of God who left heaven and came to this earth and died and was buried and rose again and ascended back into heaven. That's what we believe as Christians. Amen? Amen. And so they're not denying that Jesus came, but what they are denying is his promise that he'll come back again. Now listen to their reason. Okay, look at the next phrase. For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things have continued as they were from the beginning of creation. And what they're saying, listen, everything goes on just as it did from the beginning. And you know, many people joke about the coming of Jesus and saying, well, look, you know, it's been 2,000 years now. Looks like he'd have come back by now, doesn't it? You remember that song? I wish I could remember that group. I think it was the only hit they had in the year 2525. You remember that song? It was right. Well, you wouldn't. If you're not my age, you wouldn't remember that. But one of the phrases in that is in the year 2525 or whatever the year, if God's a coming, he should come back by then. And there's a doubt that is placed. And Satan is constantly trying to say, well, it's been 2,000 years since he made this promise. Big deal. (laughs) 
Scotty, I'm not going to call you down. All right. That wasn't that Scotty's phone that went off. <laughs> Here's a pager. All right. They need you at Duke. All right. But, but look what he says in verse 5. They deliberately ignore. And, and folks, in one translation, this phrase, deliberately ignore, is willfully, willfully ignore. And let me tell you something. If you've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you've got to willfully or deliberately ignore that Jesus is coming back. And, and folks, Peter says they deliberately ignore this fact that by the word of God, heavens existed long ago and, and an earth formed out of water and by means of water. You know what he's saying by the word of God? Look. God created this earth. God created the heavens and the earth. And the same God who created the world by his word can also intervene in his world and do whatever he wishes. And what that means is this. God so loved the world that he intervened. He sent his son from heaven to die on the earth for us who are sinners. And he took him back into heaven with this promise. I'm going to send him back again. But the next time that he comes, he will judge sin. He will, he will not take the place of sin. He will judge sin, expressing my righteous judgment. And listen to what he says in verse 6. Through which the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. Folks, you know what he's speaking of here today? The flood in Noah's day. The people didn't believe Noah, did they? They did not believe. It had never rained. The world was, was irrigated by the dew and by the waters coming from under the surface. They had never seen rain. And when Noah said, God's going to send a great flood, they left. And God gave Noah and his family the ark. God is telling us that one day Jesus is going to come back. And he's given us his son so that we'll not fall under the judgment of our sin. But listen to what else Peter says in verse 7. By the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist have been stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. And folks, listen again. God's intervention was to send his son first, but he's going to intervene again to purify the earth of sin by fire. And folks, again, you're going to have to struggle with this because if you listen to what the word of God says, God loves us more than he wants to judge us. And if you've not come to Christ, you don't understand this. God's not a mean God who delights in destroying things. God is a saving God. But you remember Jesus talked about this two ways. This is on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. There's a way that leads to life, and there's a way that leads to destruction. You choose. You know, one thing about human nature, we don't like people telling us what to do, do we? I mean, even from the onset of life, even our young children don't like to be told what to do. That's our human nature. And we must make a choice in our life which path we're going to take. But here's a warning. If you take a path away from God, it is going to lead to destruction. If you take a path following Jesus Christ, it leads to life. Amen. 
But back on track, verse 8, but do not denour this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. You know, time does not matter to God like it does to us. But listen to this, verse 9. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is forbearing towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. You remember what we read last week, and I want to read it to you one more time. Don't get sick and tired of these verses, please. John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then verse 17, for God sent the son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Thank God. It's not his heart's desire that we would perish and be condemned to hell. It is his heart's desire that we would be saved. And we would live forever with him in heaven. Verse 10, Peter says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Who else said that? the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise and the elements will dissolve with fire and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up since all these things are thus to be dissolved. What sort of persons ought you and I to be in lives of holiness and godliness? Waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord because of which the heavens will be kindled and dissolved and the elements will melt away but according to his promise, we, may, we wait for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Folks, this new heaven, this new earth in which righteousness dwells is described by the Apostle John in Revelation 21. And what I'm trying to say is this whole picture joins together. And I don't want to describe it as a puzzle because God knows, God knows what he's doing. And you and I can begin to understand from reading the Word of God. A couple quick more minutes and I'll stop, okay? Today and next Sunday, I want to give you five reasons why you and I should believe that Jesus is coming again. And, and you've already heard some of this, okay? Reason number one, the entire word of God deals with God's holiness, man's sin, and God's plan of redemption through Jesus, including Jesus' second coming. In the Old Testament, not only does the Old Testament speak of the coming of the Savior, but also the day of the Lord. And I know that I've already mentioned that. The day of the Lord is when God's God will judge sin in his holiness. <laughs> it's not Scotty this time, all right? <laughs> me, me. But folks, look, how many of us get angry at what's happening in our world? Somebody does a heinous crime and the judge lets them go off, lets them go free. Even this morning, somebody was asking me, how can things happen in our world that are happening right now? If you have the WRAL news app or, or probably Channel 11, too, a four-month-old four baby was killed by his father. And it's a homicide. I mean, it was a deliberate act of murder. I'm not trying to judge that person. The person this morning was saying, could that person be saved? 
And the answer to that is yes. Could God forgive? Yes. Sin always brings consequences even for a person that later repents and believes. But folks, listen, when we stand before God in all of his holiness, folks, there's nothing hid from him. And, and please don't take this as a racial statement. When O.J. Simpson was declared innocent, it upset me because I thought there was enough evidence to prove that he had murdered a woman and a man. And it doesn't make any difference what color he was or wasn't. But I made this statement, one day he will stand before the real judge, and the real judge was not Judge Ito or whatever that man's name was. The real judge is God Almighty, our creator, and the one who wants to redeem us. And so the Old Testament tries to wake us up to the fact that God is a holy God and we are sinners, but God wants us to know his love so he sends his son jesus's death on the cross was not just him being a martyr not just for us to have something to preach about he died on the cross and my sin and your sins were placed upon him the sins of the entire world so that when you and i stand before god we don't stand before him in our sin but we stand in the righteousness of the uh, of christ that the apostle paul talks about in genesis excuse me in romans but folks listen The Old Testament talks about this day of the Lord, but it also talks about a promised redeemer in Genesis chapter 3. And those themes run throughout the word of God. But listen to how the word of God closes. And let me point out these three three verses in Revelation 22. Look at this. Revelation 22, 7, behold, I am coming soon. Revelation 22:12 Behold I am coming soon. Revelation 22:20 He who testifies to these things says surely I am coming soon. Do we get the message? Jesus is coming back. And folks, look, and I'm going to close with this, okay? Look. There're probably some people in the world say I don't believe this book. Well, that's your choice. I mean, it really is. That's not sarcasm. That is your choice. And either this is the word of God or it is not. I choose to believe that this is the word of God. And let me tell you a couple of reasons why that is. Okay. Listen to Numbers 23, 19. Numbers 23, 19. God is not man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent or change his mind. Has he not said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and he will not fulfill it? Titus 1-2. Paul speaking to the early church about their eternal salvation in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised ages ago. Listen to Hebrews 16-8. For it is impossible for God to tell us a lie. Folks, if God says it in this word, he is bound by his word that it should happen and if his word says that jesus christ is coming back again guess what jesus christ is coming back again but you remember there's also a force that we call evil that is led by the devil or satan 
And listen to what Jesus said about Satan in John 8, 44. Listen to this, John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil. Your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he is speaking according to his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And here's the point that I'm trying to make this morning. We've got a choice. We believe that Jesus Christ is coming back again, or we don't. I personally believe, because it's in the Word of God, because Jesus said it, because God said it, that he's coming back. And I warn you that if you don't believe this, you're following the father of all lies, and that is none other than the devil himself. Folks, these are critical times, and we as Christians need to make decisions. Because you see, if we make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have that assurance he's coming back for us. But you know what? That assurance that he's coming back demands that we don't be play actors, that we live for him lives of holiness and righteousness, that we be God's witnesses to the truth, and that we help the world get ready for when he is coming back, whether it is today or a gazillion years from now, he is coming back. Let us pray. Father, God, I pray that you would take not my words, but the words of your word and of your son and show us, Father, that your son is coming back. We do not know when it will be. It will be like a thief in the night. It will be at a time in which the world is not looking for the return of your son. It will be a time in which some will not care even within the church of Jesus Christ. But God, help us to heed your word. God, I pray that if there are those here today that have not yet trusted your Son as Savior, that not simply out of fear, but out of recognizing that they are a sinner and they cannot stand before you in their own righteousness. They need the righteousness of Christ that comes by applying his blood shed at the cross. But, Father, most of all, I pray that you'd help them to see that if they're walking away from you, not only are they on the path of destruction, but they're rejecting and refusing all the love that you have for them. God, thank you that you loved us while we were yet sinners. And you sent your son to die for us. And so I just pray, Father, that you would wake us up again to the great love you have for us. And thank you that that love will span eternity as we live in our Father's house. In his name I pray. Amen. Our hymn this morning is number 605 in the sweet by and by. Let us stand as we sing. If God is leading you to make a public decision, would you come?